weeks. We kicked it off last week, but today it's an extra special Sunday because today is Baptism Sunday. We're going to see two beautiful ladies be baptized after the service, after the message, um, during that final song, and anyone else who wants to take that plunge this morning, today. We believe that the Bible says, believe and be baptized. You don't have to have life all completely figured out. You just have to place your faith in Him. And yes, we've been talking about relationships because we believe that they are make or break, that they matter. And last week, we invited some of our Eastlake family up on stage, and we just had this conversation about relationships. And I don't know about you, but I learned a lot. I learned about patience and sleeping on it. I learned about consistency in parenting. I learned that vacuuming can be sexy. Thank you, Leander, over here. Everyone give him a hand. If you don't have a clue what I'm talking about, don't worry. You can head to our Facebook page or the YouTube channel and download that little bit of wisdom. There was a lot more than just that, I promise. This morning, we're going to look at a couple of topics. We're going to look at singleness and the church. We're going to look at sex and the church. Get it out of the system. It's all good. It's safe place. Yes, we are in church, but it's okay. See, I believe that Scripture and our God can redefine our perspective on life and on relationships. Everyone say, redefine. redefine. All right, we're going to look at this chapter, Psalm 16, in the passage, Passion Translation written by David. It says this, Keep me safe, O mighty God. I run for dear life to you, my safe place. So I said to the Lord God, you are my maker, my mediator, and my master. Any good thing you find in me has come from you. And he said to me, my holy lovers are wonderful, my majestic ones, my glorious ones, fulfilling all my desires. Yet there are those who yield to their weakness, and they will have troubles and sorrows unending. I never gather with such ones, nor give them honor in any way. Lord, I have chosen you alone as my inheritance. You are my prize, my pleasure, and my portion. I leave my destiny and its timing in your hands. Your pleasant path leads me to pleasant places. I'm overwhelmed by the privileges that come with following you, for you have given me the best. The way you counsel me and correct me makes me praise you more, for your whispers in the night give me wisdom, showing me what to do next. Because you are close to me and always available, my confidence will never be shaken, for I experience your wraparound presence every moment. My heart and soul explode with joy, full of glory. Even my body will rest confident and secure. For you will not abandon me to the realm of death, nor will you allow your Holy One to experience corruption. For you bring me a continual revelation of resurrection life, the path to bliss that brings me face to face with you. What an incredible psalm. What an incredible, powerful scripture. This morning, I want to talk to you or title the message on this topic called The Golden Secret. The Golden Secret. But before I get into that, I want to lay some foundational golden rules when it comes to singleness. 
and dating and marriage in the church. Can we do that together? You see, I think historically in church, there's been a couple of sentences that we tend to say to singles. And it goes something like this. This is a perfect time to work on yourself. You're laughing because you've said it. Or someone said it to you. Second sentence. This is a perfect time to build your relationship with Jesus. Work on yourself and get closer to Jesus. Sound familiar? Work on yourself and get closer to Jesus. That sounds like being a Christian. That's for men, women, big, small, married, single. That's everyone, right? So why do we put it onto singles? Why am I pointing over to the young adults? I don't know. I got some of my boys at the back here. Um, they asked me to ask this question. Who of you are single here this morning? Come on, put your hand up. Be careful when you put your hand up. Just make sure. Yep. Enoch? Oh, there you are, mate. All good. All good. Work on yourself and get closer to Jesus. Jesus didn't separate people by relationship status. The only status that I see Jesus separating people is the poor and the widowed. And that was so that we might help them. Jesus, he calls us by name. He calls us by name. And sometimes we treat single people as if they're dangerous people. <laughs> but they're not. Newsflash this morning. We were all once single as well. And when we segregate people by their relationship status, what are we saying? Are we saying that they are a half person with a half Holy Spirit and a half calling of God in their life? No. So I'm here this morning to make a declaration from the pulpit that we love single people and we love married people. And if you're single looking for that partner that you want to marry one day, we want to cheer you on. We want to help you do it in the most God-honoring and safest way possible. We want to be there to comfort you when it doesn't work out. Dating in church in a healthy way is healthy. It's okay. It's how we find the partner that we are looking for. Now, I promise this message is going to be relevant to everyone this morning, but I want to establish a few of these golden rules. Will you join me in it? None of these discount honoring God with our marriage and our relationships. We got that? Number one should come up on the screen. Don't pretend you've never dated. Show me again. Hands up who's single. Right up high. Keep your hand up now. Hands up if you've ever been single. Those that didn't put their hand up come from a bit of a different cultural background. And um, discounting arranged marriages, the point is we were all single once. Dating isn't dirty. It's not. Rule number two, everyone has to be Christian. Not just single people. Get closer to Jesus. Work on yourself. That's for all of us. And my favorite rule of all, number three, don't be creepy. Don't do it. We tend to do it in church when it comes to singles, right? Ooh, leave room for Holy Spirit. 
Have you talked to your mentors? All good things, right? (laughs) But you don't need to say it to some random young couple that walks past you in church. Don't be creepy. Are we good with it? Now, these are tongue-in-cheek and a little bit of fun. But I actually think that if we can commit to these, we will see God-honoring marriages and relationships in our church. Because the opposite of this is why I only have one rule when it comes to dating. Number one rule, don't date in the dark. (laughs) You see, when we get this stuff wrong, the married rules I'm talking about, we push singles and those who are dating into the dark. And the problem with that is that the devil does his best work in the dark. The devil has a far easier time when we keep things in the dark in all areas of our life, but especially in dating. Proverbs 4 verse 18 and 19 says this, The way of the righteous is like the first gleam of dawn, which shines ever brighter until the full light of day. But the way of the wicked is like total darkness. They have no idea what they are stumbling over. Hiding things, dating in the dark, only makes it easier for the enemy. Stick to these rules, and I think we can have God-honoring relationships, God-honoring dating, and God-honoring marriages in our church. Is that what we want? Everyone say, don't be creepy. (laughs) David, in his psalm, our psalm for today, he writes in verse 2, So I said to the Lord, you are my maker, my mediator, and my master. Any good thing you find in me has come from you. My maker, my mediator, and my master. This right here is pivotal to just about everything. I believe that these three words can redefine life as we know it. Think about it. What does it mean for God to be your maker, your creator, your author? What does it mean for God to be your mediator, your intercessor, your intervener? What does it, God, what does it mean for God to be your master, your Lord, your overseer, my maker, my mediator, and my master, David writes. You are my maker, my mediator, and my master. I want to tell you this morning that these three words words can redefine your world. They will redefine your relationships. They will redefine your singleness. And yes, they will redefine sex and intimacy for you as well, if you will let them. You see, our maker is all about purpose. It's all about who created us, right? And understanding who created us means we understand why we were created, what we were created for, and if we get broken, how to fix it. We don't take our car to the plumber to get fixed, do we? I recently had a date night with Lee. She's at the back with the baby. And um, we went and ordered some pizza, our favorite, something real fancy, you know, special, all the toppings. It's just a large meat lover's pizza. That's all I go for, if I'm honest. I ordered it, and um, we didn't pay the delivery fees because that's just like rich people do that. Um, And it's around the corner. So we drove, and um, well, I drove, and I went around to Domino's to pick it up in Erskine, Domino's Erskine. 
And I went into the store and I, I noticed on the TV my name wasn't on it, but you know, sometimes they don't use that system, so it was okay. I was a bit early, sat down, waited. I was like, geez. It's only like a, a Wednesday night, it was pretty empty. We ate dinner at about four o'clock in the afternoon. Um, so there weren't many people in there. And then the guy sort of came over and said, hey, like, can I help you with your order? What did you order? Oh, yeah, just a meat lover's pizza. Oh, okay. And I was like, oh, no, something's wrong. You know when you know? They're acting confident, but they've got no idea what you're talking about. And he went back, and then he came back, and he said, oh, like, how did you order it online through the app? You know, I paid already. Oh, okay, yep, I'll go back, check on it again. He brings back his manager this time. I'm like, man, I am in big trouble here. And the manager goes, like, you know, repeat the story. I'm getting frustrated now. It's annoying. I repeat the story. It's simple. Meat lover's pizza. Just give me it. And he goes, are you sure that you ordered it from this store? And in that moment, I knew I was wrong. But you don't tell them that, right? I've just been standing here irate about my pizza and date night. You're ruining my relationship. And so... I actually can't remember exactly what I did in that moment, but I'm sure it was something like, get my phone out. Sorry, I'll be back. I've just got to talk to someone. <laughs> Running out of there. I ditched it because in that moment when he asked me that question, I knew I like Pizza Hut, not Domino's. <laughs> I'd ordered from a completely different store. Completely different store. And what happens when you don't go to the creator of your pizza? You end up frustrated. You don't get what you were looking for. How good was that? Thank you. In this world, you're either self-made, you're made by a random collision of atoms, or you're made by a whole series of different gods depending on what day you were born or the weather on the day. But it's not just about who made us. It's also about who we worship. Who is our God? And we might not call them gods and worship this morning, but we certainly worship things. We worship money. We worship stars in the sky and on TV. We worship success. We worship other people. We create new gods every day. And one writer said, those who multiply gods multiply griefs. Whoever thinks one God is too little will find two too many and hundreds not enough. So how does declaring God as our maker, our mediator, and our master redefine relationships? How does it redefine our singleness? How does it redefine intimacy? Let's look at relationships first. Can we do that? And let's look at the opposite way around. What if God isn't your maker? If God is all about purpose, what if God isn't your maker? Then you weren't created for community. You don't need other people. You can do it on your own. I don't know if someone said that to you before or you've tried it, but most of us have worked out that we need each other, right? I need you guys. At least I do. If God isn't our mediator, when it comes to relationships, and solve your own problems. Conflict is already messy enough, right? Offense hard enough to navigate. Take Jesus out of the equation. Good luck. If God isn't your master then you can let feelings be your master. You can jump in and jump out of relationship however you feel like. Or you can let desire be your master. 
And suddenly relationships become shallow and come with a use-by date. Or, everyone say or. Or, if God is your maker, your mediator, and your master, relationships are redefined as part of our purpose. We were created for community. Forgiveness becomes an attitude and not just an act. It's a response to a love. Together, we are better together. Relationships are part of God's plan to bring about healing and restoration to humanity. If God is your maker, your mediator, and your master, you're more than just a brick. You're a brick in the hands of an expert builder and surrendered to him and connected to others. We are part of God's bigger picture, playing out since the beginning of time and into eternity of bringing hope to all humanity. God, my God, my mediator, my master, my maker. Let's not stop there, though. How does it redefine our singleness? Why do I keep saying our singleness? Lee and I are still married. But I kind of think about it like this. You know, Genesis 2, verse 24, it says, This explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united to become one. What does single mean? One. I'm kind of a simple guy. I read that and go, technically, we're all still single. But not available. Now, whether you think I'm clutching at straws here or not, the point is we all have our personal relationship with Jesus. A personal responsibility to chase after him. And to better ourselves and work on our singleness. So what does this say about our singleness? Well, if God isn't your maker, then you're all alone in your singleness. You need to rush as quick as you can and settle for less as you find a partner to fulfill your wholeness. If God isn't your mediator, then you have no help at all. I mean, you can read all of the magazines and the self-help column, but really you're on your own. If God isn't your master, feed your singleness with whatever you want. Now, you might be hearing these things and going, this sounds pretty freeing. This sounds all right. But whether you believe in Jesus or not this morning, most of us have discovered that just feeding our desire results in an even greater emptiness on the inside. Or, everyone say or, if God is your maker, your mediator, and your master, even in your singleness, you are just as loved. You are just as worthy. You are just as whole as if you found a partner. And when you do find that person and you get married, you are motivated to seek God as one and let nothing tear that one apart. I think about it like this. Two undone is one. But one undone is broken. And mum's going to talk about this next week in kind of part two of this talk around singleness and ourselves and finding wholeness in Jesus. But you have to know this morning, you are enough for God. You are enough right now. You are enough right now. I need you to hear me this morning against the voice that is shouting on the inside of you that nobody loves you. You are enough. The voice that is shouting that I'm not good enough for that guy. You are enough for God. 
the voice that's shouting, nobody loves me. Nobody cares. You are enough for God. Look at what he says, David writes in verse 3. He said to me, my holy lovers are wonderful. My majestic ones, my glorious ones, fulfilling all my desires. That's you. You are enough for our God right now. Right now. Turn to the person next to you and make sure they know that they're enough. Final point. Sex. Why is he talking about sex in church? Well, when I looked at the calendar, it was this week or next week. And mum's preaching next week. So we're talking about it this week. But second of all, I think we've got to get vocal about this stuff, about what our God created. Because if we're not talking about it, someone's talking about it to your kids. And I think the Bible and our God has a lot to say about what he created, right? Especially if he is our maker. If God is our maker, then sex is good. Somebody needs to hear that in church this morning. Sex is good. But it comes with a design. And that's where so many people start squirming and feeling awkward and feeling like they don't fit in. Because yes, God created sex, but he created it with a design. He created it and designed it within the container of marriage. But I might be getting ahead of myself. If God isn't our maker then sex is just physical. There's no such thing as soul ties. It's not good. It's not bad. It's just an event. If God isn't our mediator, then there's no such thing as reconciliation. People can take and take and take, and you can give and give and give. There's no way of restoration. If God isn't your master, then sex has no power. You can do what you want and still have what God wants for you as well. Or, everyone say or. or, or if God is your maker, your mediator, and your master, then sex is beautiful because it's actually spiritual. It's the greatest act of intimacy, not because of a feeling, but because of design. It's powerful. It's binding. We can't let the, de- the devil determine the value of what God created over our life. He will whisper in your ear that sleeping with someone will make you feel loved. But you are already loved by an almighty God. He will whisper in your ear that looking at stuff on the internet is going to make you feel whole and fulfilled. But you will be hungry again. He will whisper in your ear that you're missing out on what all of your friends are doing. And that one's true. You will miss out. If you follow the way that Jesus has designed for your life, you'll miss out on regret, heartache, shame, guilt. Sex is good, but it comes with a design, not because he hates us, but because it is powerful. The same flame that warms your house, that cooks your food, lights up your birthday cake, is the very same flame that can burn down your house, torture forest, and take your life. 
within the right container, the flame works for you. Within the wrong container, it works against you. It's the same with sex. It's powerful, but it comes with a design. And if someone had told me this when I was a 12-year-old boy, that if I watched 10 minutes of pornography, it would take me 20 years to wipe from my memory. And even after the grace and forgiveness of God, that it would still have an impact in my marriage, then I think I would have listened up. I stand here today not as a perfect image, a perfect representation of relationships and singleness and intimacy. I stand here today representing a church that is sold out for talking about real issues, real struggles, and our real Jesus who can help us make some of these decisions and navigate this thing called life. And I think the greatest decision that we can make is to declare that God is our maker, our mediator, and our master. What is the golden secret? David, when he wrote this psalm, he used this word, miktam. I'm trying to pronounce it right. And some people believe that translated, it means something like golden psalm, precious psalm engraved in gold. Why was this psalm, Psalm 16, so special? I think because it foretold, it prophesied about Jesus the Savior to come. You see, Jesus, he went through all of this. Jesus came into our world, went through the same temptation, the same humanity, the same pain in order to enact God's plan of love. He came in love, to love, for love, so that we might place our trust in him and our love for him so that we could have eternal life. See, all of this stuff, it's temporary. Temporary fulfillment, temporary satisfaction. It's all about now. What you discover is that if you just live for now, life becomes meaningless. Be present now, yes, but live for eternity. David, he writes in verse 5, Lord, I have chosen you alone as my inheritance. You are my prize, my pleasure, and my portion. I leave my destiny and its timing in your hands. When you make God your maker, your mediator, and your master, you inherit his prize, his pleasure, and his portion. What is the golden secret? The golden secret is this. Now yells louder. Later lasts longer. Now yells louder, later lasts longer. Jesus came into your now so that you could live for his later. Now yells louder, but later lasts longer. It doesn't just redefine your relationships and your singleness. It redefines your purpose and what you were created for. It redefines the reward. He is our prize. We are to seek more of God but never more than God. He is our pleasure more than any person or intimate moment can bring. And He is our portion. Our inheritance is eternity. And nothing in this world can steal our purpose and our hope. 
When God is your maker, mediator, and master, it redefines your world. The questions about singleness and, and dating and marriage, they, they all get reframed. They all get redefined. No longer do we need to ask questions like, how far is too far? Can I do this or can I not do this? Is it okay if I get divorced? Wrong questions. The better question is, how can I honor God with my relationship? Rather than looking for the boundary, how can I honor God in my singleness? How can I honor God with my body? I want you to ask these questions this week. They're not questions that take into account the sum of your past. They're questions about the hope of your future. The enemy will lie to you. He'll lie to you and tell you that you've already messed up. So there's no hope for you. It's a lie. He'll lie to you and tell you that you've already stuffed up. There's no point now. Now, I don't want to create this moment where you feel regret and heartache, but I know that it's reality for some. As I wrote this message, it was somewhat a reality for me. And I wonder if the devil is in your head right now telling you, whatever, I'll do what I want to do. I'm already too far gone. I have to apologize on behalf of the Christian world that has praised virginity to a fault, that has said that marriage is the one goal in life that has made singles feel like they're unholy or haven't got life figured out yet. It's not the truth. These things are good. They are the right way. They're a great story, yes. But what if it's not your story this morning? What if you did sleep with that person? Or, or what if you did look at that stuff? And what are we meant to do? What did Jesus teach us? Married, unmarried, single, dating. He raised the bar. You can have sex with someone without even sleeping with them. So none of us can say that we have this perfect story. It's all grace. It's all mercy. And as the gospel stands, we aren't defined by our failures. We're defined by His forgiveness. And yes, it would be good if we could go back and do things differently. Yes, it would be good if we could go back and live for Christ the whole time. But what about today? What about starting today? What about declaring today, God, you are my maker, my mediator, and my master. I'm going to live today for you. What would that look like? What needs to be redefined in your life this week? Maybe it's wider than relationships. This week, I want you to read over this psalm. Psalm 16, each morning, Monday to Friday, and ask yourself this question. Reframe the question to how can I honor God with this day? Simple. But rather than saying, God, help me do this, help me do this. Where can I go? Do this. I'm worried about that. 
What about just starting with, how can I honor you, God, with this day and watch him use every moment of that day? Now yells louder, but later lasts longer. Would you stand with me? We're going to pray. And I want to pray over all of you. I don't know your situations and, and altar calls aren't really popular on this topic. But I do want to pray for you. I do want to remind you that our God loves you. That you are enough for Him and that nothing in this world can separate you from His great love. And so if you feel shame in this moment, guilt in this moment, that's okay, but it doesn't belong with you. It's not to be held on to. There is no shame or condemnation in Christ Jesus. You can get rid of it. You can hand it over today when you take on your maker, your mediator, and your master. So as we bow our heads, I just want to consider your personal relationship with Jesus. And maybe for you, it's the first time that you're going to invite him into your life. Maybe for you, you just need to use this moment to rededicate yourself or just make this declaration that God is your maker, your mediator, and your master, and that today you're going to walk in his forgiveness, his grace, so that his glory can continue to shine through you. Be present now, yes, but live for eternity. Can we do that together? I'm going to ask you to pray with me. Dear Lord, I declare you are my maker, my mediator, my master. Forgive me. I want to live for you. I believe that you died and rose again for me. In Jesus' mighty name.